Good evening. It's Across the Tracks. It is November the 17th, and we're just going to get started with a new episode tonight. Yeah, new episode. Glad you're down with us tonight. Uh, the Across the Tracks podcast, two small town guys from small town America talking about the topics of the day. And uh, tonight, uh, we've got an interesting broadcast, uh, but I'd like to start off tonight by going back to a show, our, our show from last week. We, we were talking about Veterans Day and uh, mentioning and, and, and congratulating, not congratulating, probably not the right word, but thanking everyone for their service who have served this great country. So today, I happened to be watching uh, the TV show Sunday morning, and there was a good uh, a, a very inspirational story on there, and it concerned a World War II veteran. Uh, his name was Bill Powell, and I came back from the war. He was into golf, and he was denied entry into the golf courses around his hometown in Ohio. Um, the specific place in Ohio was East Canton, and he was denied entry into those golf courses simply because he was black. And so he took it upon himself to build a golf course. And that golf course is known as Clearview Golf Course. Uh, 18-hole golf course. Took him 30 years to build this golf course. And to this day, he has passed on, but the golf course is now being managed by his son and daughter. And the and the series, uh, the, the episode, focused on uh, her, Renee Powell, because of the work that she's doing with female veterans uh, who are, you know, experiencing some tough times in their lives. Uh, she has set up a a, a golf, uh, a, a like a, a therapy type session uh, for these women. And she does that therapy and support through golf. Right. Through post-traumatic stress syndrome. Yes. Yeah. They, from yeah. You know, a lot of stuff that they've been dealing with since they were in the military and the tough times they're having once they've gotten out. So she uses golf. Uh, to reach out to these women, to give them a place of support. And so the story is very, very inspirational uh, in discussing what happened with her dad, how the golf course came into play, what she's doing for these female veterans, and the fact that she was inducted into this uh, very prestigious golf club in Scotland, the St. Andrew's Golf Club. She was inducted into one of their, um, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but she received induction into one of the highest honors, uh, St. Andrews being the birthplace of golf in Scotland. Uh, she was inducted into the Royal and Ancient Golf Club and the first uh, black woman, the first black person really to ever be inducted. Ever, in, right, right. Ever to be inducted into this. So I just thought the story was extremely um, very inspirational. Uh, you know, the trials her dad had to deal with being a veteran, support she's providing to female veterans, and the fact that she has used golf to raise up uh, so many people and do so many great things for her community there in Ohio. So wanted to leave with that tonight as a, as a piggyback off of our Veteran Today show from last week. So your thoughts? Absolutely. You know, she, and she also played for Ohio State University and was on their golf uh, golf team as a result of her being on the golf team at the time period in which she was going through uh, OSU, 
she had to deal with issues that her dad had to deal with. You know, she couldn't go to certain hotels. She couldn't eat at certain restaurants and so on coming up into the coming up in the 1960s and so on. So it was a great, great little story. I happen to see that episode as well. And also uh, at that St. Andrews golf course, they named one of their halls after her. Yes. Or after her, after her family. And she was able to bring some of her uh, people that she works with, that she's teaching golf and so on, bring them over to St. Andrews. And they were able to meet in front of the hall named after her, in which it was a surprise to them since they didn't know that this was one of this was part of the part of the uh, program that they were dealing with when they have to deal with those issues and so on. So it's a good story. Uh, It's still it's still in the family. The 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 brother is the maintenance person. Yep. And I think you mentioned the dad built and it took him 30 years, 30 years to put it together, to buy the land, to build the holes and to do to manicure it himself. So that is a huge accomplishment in itself. So, yeah, that's that's a a good story to start with. You know, that's that's a positive thing that's going on that, you know, we can look uh, look into and look up, uh, look up to people that uh, take it upon themselves to do something to help others. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the feedback on that, you know, clear this Clearview golf course, it is the first golf course in our country to be built, designed, owned, and operated by a black person. And that is like, I mean, it blew my mind because I had not heard of Renee Powell. And I pride myself on, you know, being trying to, you know, keep up with what's going on in our community, you know, what what black people are doing, the people that you don't hear about, you know, the you know, the people that you always hear about in black history and whatnot. But I had not heard of Miss Powell. So this was just eye opening for me. And so we salute her tonight for the great work she's doing for veterans and for all the folks within her community there in East Canton, Ohio. All right. Cool. Cool. So right, what else we got? What else so we got going on? We're, we're talking golf, you know, which is a sport. A lot of people play golf. They, you know, I have a lot of friends. They they gave up shooting hoops years ago, so they transitioned to golf. I have never been a golfer. I, I went to a driving range a few times, hit a bucket of balls here or there. But I, I golf just doesn't do it for me. It is not enough uh, excitement in it for me. And that uh, that competitiveness that you're looking at either on a basketball court. So I, tra- I transitioned to other things to give me what I'm looking for. But we're talking, since we're talking sports, uh, we want to segue into something. Um, The topic is sportsmanship. And we want to uh, zero in on a specific event that occurred this week. I think majority of people saw it. It was during the Pittsburgh Steelers Cleveland game toward the end of that game, very ugly scene erupted uh, where one of the Cleveland players ripped off the helmet of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback and whacked him over the head with it. And then all hell broke loose after that. Folks, folks were punching and kicking. The quarterback got shoved from behind, unaware that someone was behind him. He got shoved by a by another Cleveland player or whatnot. It was very ugly. And so um, you've played organized football. I, I did not play organized football. I just football never appealed to me. But I know you played organized football. And so um, is it the is it the aggressiveness of the sport 
that is causing a lot of the ugly incidents that we've seen on the football field here recently? Or is it something altogether that people are just becoming bad sports? So I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I think it's a combination of several things. Number one, uh, football in general is an aggressive sport. Nearly all sports are kind of, you can make it as aggressive as you want, but football is a violent sport. You know, they don't have those pads. They don't put those pads on to protect other people. The pads are on to protect yourself. Therefore, it's, it's a very popular sport, probably the most popular sport in the country. And people play it from third grade through, you know, the NFL. You know, I started playing football when I was nine years old. And as re- and as a result, that sport is, it is violent. You try not to take things personally, but individuals, their personality is brought out in that sport. It's rare that somebody that is not uh, an aggressive person that's going to be aggressive on the field. It's rare that this is this is my own personal beliefs. I think it's rare that a person that's rarely ever gotten into a scuffle that's going to break out in a melee. That's something that's always been in those individuals. And because of that, that's kind of what happened with this incident. Uh, quarterback was taken down and the person that took him down, you know, wouldn't let him up and was just kind of laying around on him and so on and was forcing him down. And then after so long, even the the mildest person the most laid back person is going to have enough of it. So I saw that the quarterback basically said, get the heck off of me and decided that he was going to get up and he started grabbing at the guy to get up. And then that's when things, that's when things got out of hand. Mm. Luckily, I mean, I feel that the, the, I can't think of the player's name. I think that, that's been in his personality his entire life. That's something that you just don't get rid of. You don't you don't take a firecracker, light the fuse, and it's just going to go out all the time. Right. It's going to explode. You know, eventually that fuse is going to burn down. It's going to explode. Well, uh, once again, I can't think of the, the player's name. Well, he, you know, don't like the, the quarterback you know, getting up and becoming aggressive with him. And then he just, he had something clicked in him and he just went off. And there was nothing that you were going to do that was going to stop him from doing that. That's in his DNA. That's in his personality. That's in his character. Okay. So there's nothing that was going to happen that was going to change that. That's in his character. That's in his DNA. That's my, my thoughts in, in, in general. But football overall, I don't think it's that way. It is a game played between the whistles. Okay. You have 235-pound men running into one another. You have 350-pound men running into 185-pound men out there on uh, the field. Right. That's the nature of the game. You know, when when you go to tackle somebody, 
you don't go to tackle them and say, oh, it's okay. You go to tackle them because that person that's running the ball is going to try to run you over. So you meet violence with violence, kind of. You meet force with force with force. So therefore, it makes that game, it, it makes it very competitive. You know, there, there are 11 people on each side of the ball. And those 11 people are going to try to do two things. Score or prevent the other team from scoring. Right. And and you've got 53 yards, 53 and a half yards by 100 yards to either score or to keep somebody from from scoring. And so the rules of the game is basically, hey, this is this is how it is. And those things happen. It was ugly. You know, I've always been a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, always from since I was a, a, a young kid. And when I saw those guys jump out there and start punching and kicking the other guy, I'm like, man, that's going too far. You know, especially when you start throwing your feet on people. You, as Shannon Sharp says, when you start putting your footses on people, you know, that's going a bit too far. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, my, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't. Um, I'm kind of carrying on with this. So I'm gonna be too long. Yeah. I don't think that that is taught. I think that is a character trait within that individual. Yeah, yeah. Miles my, Garrett is the player in question. Okay, Miles Garrett. Yeah, and he and he's been targeted this season for for some other uh, you know questionable hits that's been made on on quarterbacks and whatnot. So. Again, uh, it, it was ugly, uh, and, and, and it, it's you see a lot of ugly things now occurring, not just in football, but you you hearken back to the malice at the palace back during the NBA. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> where, where players went in the stands and uh, fights broke out. Uh, you see fights in hockey games all the time, which those fights seem to be sanctioned. Um, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They, they seem to be sanctioned and everything, but you see a lot of bad sportsmanship. Uh, being displayed in various levels of sports, even from amateur level sports. You're seeing a lot of bad sportsmanship being displayed. And uh, I'm wondering, in your thought, where is that stemming from? Well, where is all this bad sportsmanship stemming from? I think it's coming from parents at a young age, you know. I think that we're in a society that Everybody has to get a trophy for something, whether you work for it or whether you win it. We are we have become very soft. I think we're in a we're in a society now that you should be rewarded for things that should be normal. And Mm -hmm. so when parents get involved you know, some parents just go too far with their support of their kids. That's why parents have fights and stands. That's why parents will will do all that. And your kids kind of follow the examples that they've always been around. So I think uh, overall, it's a societal thing that leads into Athletics. Okay, so when I mean, just look at your major cities, look at the number of people that are shot, killed and maimed each year. Those people that are hurting others, they don't think I don't think 
maybe I should clarify that most of them don't look at the consequences and repercussions of what they decided to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, when we were growing up, we would just fight, get right. it over with. Right. We didn't think about, and we've mentioned this before, we didn't think about carrying a gun. If I went and got into a fight, I either going to win or I was going to lose. That's it. Right, right. Okay? If I lost, I'm not going to get mad enough to go and shoot somebody because that's not in my character. Now, I am an A-type personality, and I hate losing. But I'm not going to do something stupid enough to jeopardize somebody else's life and or jeopardize the relationship within my family and others, my friends and so on. But I think that a lot of that's coming. It it starts with the parents and then friends, peers, and then some of it can be coaching. I mean, I've been around, I've been around coaches. I mean, I've coached football for 30 years and I've been around coaches that are simply plain assholes and they will tell their kids to do dirty stuff, period. Mm. And sometimes that is within that program. So kids are like their coaches for the most part. So if a coach is an asshole, those kids are going to be assholes. Right, right. Not all of them, but that's going to be the personality of that team. Right. Yeah, and and I, I, I coach basketball, youth basketball for years. And, um, you know, you, you saw and I, I think, you know, like you said, the, the kids take on the personality of the coach. Uh, and and the, I remember this one team I had. Uh, we, we were not very good. Um, the league was designed for the most part to teach teamwork, teach skills, fundamentals of the game, that type of thing. And so um, because the school was small, we had to enter in uh, to a league that was probably a little bit more advanced. Uh, for the kids, but that's what was available, and that's that's where we had to play. So this particular one game, I remember, uh, we were getting we were getting trounced pretty good, and um, the scoreboard was off. That's another thing I didn't like. You know, a lot of the youth think they turn the scoreboard off, and I'm I'm thinking like as a kid, you know, you're getting beat. You know, <laughs> you know, you're getting beat. So what does having the scoreboard on have to do? But anyway, that that's how they viewed it. They turn the scoreboard off. Well, we're that's getting mercy rule. So I I know we're losing pretty bad, but the kids had they they were having fun playing the game. But what irritated me about this particular game was the coach on the other team. And I knew this individual because we had played ball coming up, coming up in the Air Force. We had played played basketball against each other um, in squadron basketball and whatnot. He was the coach of the other team. He had his team pressing my kids. And and, I'm, and I called the ref and I was yeah I'm like you're you're full court pressing my kids my kids could barely dribble the ball from one end line to the free throw line but you're putting a full court press on my kids you're stealing the ball you're running up to score so I told the ref hey either you put a stop to this or I'm taking my kids off the floor I'm not gonna have my kids humiliated you know by this to me it was it was a poor display of sportsmanship you're already winning. So the ref like, hey, coach, I, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, the game has to go on. And, and I'm like, this is really sad. I mean, what, what do you think this is telling my kids? 
Yeah. You know, and what is it saying to the other kids? You know, what's it teaching them? Right. There's two messages here. You either teach kids that like, hey, I can see that you're 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 I am over way overmatched than you are. Not that I'm going to give you the game, but you you why are you full court pressing these kids? Tell your kids to fall back, play a zone or something. But to, to do what you're doing is is a poor display of sportsmanship. So, again, kids do take on the personality of the coach. The kids were laughing. They were having a good time. Uh, they they did not understand what was being I don't think what was being um, you know, told to them. I don't think they understood the bigger picture of, of what was being levied upon them. But uh, I knew it, and I'm sure the coach knew that. Like, wow, this this is pretty bad. But he didn't stop it. So, so it, it's indicative of what's going on in the site as a whole. We we have lost respect for certain things, and since you know you and I have been involved in sports, a big part of our lives. Uh, we were taught to respect officials, respect your teammates, respect the other team, this type of thing. And I see a lot of that eroding at all levels of sport now. And uh, it's disheartening. And a lot of times it's why I don't watch a lot of times. I'll turn it off because of some of the poor displays of sportsmanship. Yeah. And each sport's different. You know, it's it's like, for example, tennis and golf. I've never understood why if someone is teeing off, you have to be quiet. <laughs> I never understood that if someone is getting ready to serve the tennis ball, it has to be so quiet. Yeah. yeah. You know, while on the basketball court, you're standing at the free throw and behind the backboard, which <laughs> Backboards are clear. There's yep. people that are screaming and shouting and waving yep. their hands and flipping you off. <laughs> <Yep>. And <laughs> if they could throw something at you, they could. And you have to sit there, propose yourself, poise, and stroke the ball, go through the hole with all that distraction. And teams are screaming at you and so on. And on the football field, you know, you get down to the close end of the stadium and, and, the, and the people there are screaming as loud as they can, you know, so that you can't hear the snap count and so that a, a penalty can take place and so on. And you have to focus through all of that. Yeah. While in golf, somebody's going to tee the ball off. You have to. Everybody has to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, they're getting ready to serve the ball. So. He had to whisper. He's getting ready to make a serve now. Is it going to be a double fault or not? And I'm like, man, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we we're growing up, when we we're down and we we're playing ball in the bottom or up at the uh, morning side, there are people up there shouting at you. Oh, man, Wayne. That's, that's, oh, Steve, man, it's called Kobe Joe. He can't shoot the ball. Take that. And, you know, we're talking, you know, some of the, some of the sportsmanship. And some of it is, you know, running the dozens on people. Right, right. And, you know, you're having a good time making fun of people, you know. But that's all part of your friends, you know, right. stuff like that. Right. You know, you try to get into somebody's head, you know, like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back you down and right. I'm going to score two points. And then I'm going to go to the free throw and then t- get another. I'm going to take the ball back out. I'm going to get another three on you and then go back to the free throw <laughs> line. And then you just – it's, it's – it's competitive 
teasing, but it doesn't get too serious. Right. Now, some people will get mad at that and go, okay, all right, okay, you want to be that way? It's it's on now. Right. And it, it boils over to something else. Right. right. You know, somebody else's fun is somebody else's freak out. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It it is it is interesting to look at the um the differences as you described between all the sports. It's a, it's amazing to look at the differences. I think tennis, golf, uh viewed as a more uh um, I don't know what's what's the it's term. A, it's a country club sport. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's that you know we got rituals and we got rules here, and you know you're you're taking the fans, you know who, the fans are there watching, but they aren't allowed to you know participate in that aspect of the game, which like you said, basketball, football, even baseball, you know it's 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 three and two, the count's full. It's the bottom of the ninth. People are cheering and, you know, they're booing, whatever they're doing, man. It's like, hey, this part of the game. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's there's there's different aspects to sportsmanship uh, and, and some of it's good. Uh, some of it spills over and, and it creates ugly scenes. Uh, lack of sportsmanship creates ugly scenes similar to what we saw the other night and what we've seen uh, in other um, sports and other venues um, down through the years. So we just wanted to touch on that tonight uh, in lieu of that situation because it's been all over the news. I think um, Mr. Garrett has been indefinitely suspended. Uh, at least for the rest of this year. For the rest of this year, and then they'll yeah. look at what's happening next year. But the sad thing about that was, luckily, he did not strike that guy flushed on with the helmet. I think if yeah. he had, he, he might have killed that guy. Oh, yeah. He might have killed him if he had hit him straight in the head with that helmet. Uh, he might have killed that guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that would have been, you know, really, really, really bad. Yeah. And then the guy runs up from behind the quarterback and pushes him when when he's not aware that somebody's coming up from behind him and shoves him. That took me back to the uh, uh, you remember back in the 70s, uh, the Houston Rockets. And I forgot who the other team was, the big melee they had during that NBA game. And I think it was Kermit Washington came up. Uh, in behind, he was involved in the melee, the fight that was going on in the court. Rudy Tomjanovich came up from behind Kermit Washington. He was trying to break it up. Kermit Washington instinctively felt somebody running up behind him. He turned and hit Rudy Tomjanovich in the face and pretty much shattered his entire face. Mm -hmm. That was really ugly. So, you know, luckily this didn't get out of hand as it, it wasn't as bad as it could have been had uh, Miles Garrett hit uh uh, Mason Rudolph with that helmet flush on, and we might be talking about something different right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just <laughs> happened to have the helmet. I mean, God was looking out for Rudolph because yeah, he hit him with the softest part of the helmet, which is yeah. the back, the very yeah. back of the helmet. Yeah. And between the back and where the uh, ear pads are, that's the only place where that helmet has give. Right, right. You know, the the crown has no give in it. Nope. Nope. So he he I mean that was lucky that that happened but uh, you're, you're you know lucky. I think it's going to teach Rudolph that he also that he's not going to go charging at everybody he's going to think twice <laughs> you know about getting up and trying to get sporty right, right. think twice so right right yeah. right but anyway it's a sad situation it but, is. It you know, it's part of sports and 
football is a very, very competitive sport. You're either in or you're out. You either make the playoffs or you don't, and everybody right. else goes home. Right, right. So to a good segue uh, to our next story, and uh, this is another issue that was, was, was getting a lot of attention this week. Uh, Colin Kaepernick got a tryout or had a tryout. And uh, now it appears that things went a little south with that workout. And uh, apparently the workout was scheduled at the Atlanta Falcons facility. And all representatives from all 32 teams were going to attend to observe that workout. And at the last minute, I think at the last an hour before the event was to take place, um, the workout was moved to a high school in Atlanta. And apparently only eight teams showed up to the workout. And so the chatter uh, from various sports journalists and other people uh, within sports is that, you know, does Kaepernick really want to play or was this a publicity stunt or, you know, what's going on? Because you had a workout, you had what you wanted, a workout with all 32 teams present. And then at the last minute, it's changed to something else and only a fraction of those people show up. So. I'm a little confused as to, you know, what does he really want? I mean, you've got a huge audience here coming to see you work out. And then at the last minute, it turns into something else. So uh, I'm a little confused as to as to what his end game is here. So your thoughts on that? I think that there was two different groups communicating and the communications didn't go didn't go through. And the reason I say that is that I, I've read some articles today about the situation that the NFL set up the Atlanta Falcons facilities to have, you know, this workout for, for Colin Kaepernick. And it was going to be um, everybody participating. Now, Kaepernick's, from what I've read, concern is, who exactly is going to be there? He wanted a list of the people from each team that are sending someone there to view his workout. And the NFL said, no, we're not going to do that. Another thing was that I think it said that he didn't agree with the waiver that he was going to sign to do the workout because of injury and so on. There was some legal technicality or something there to that could be used against him later on. Mm. So he said, well, if they're going to send the ball boy that inflated all those balls for the new England Patriots to come down and watch my workout, what the hell does he know about my workout? So he wanted to know if their NFL scouts are going to be there. True scouts instead of just Jimmy Joe Bob or someone that they just throw down and say, oh, yeah, the Eagles are represented or the Cowboys are represented and so on. He wanted a list of that. He also wanted his people to film his workout. The NFL wanted to film the workout. And so he wanted everybody to be able to film the workout. The NFL said that we'll film your workout, but we'll use our people and we'll limit it to our to our uh, coaches and so on. Well, he felt that he wanted everybody to be there to be transparent, so that you can look at what he shows, what they show. He just wanted it to be more 
open from from what I've read. And the NFL didn't want to do that. So he says, "Okay, fine. Then I'm going to go someplace where I can um, have my workout, do what I want to do, have the public to show up. And so he told them this was one of his biggest fault. He told them a few hours before he was supposed to do this workout. And so there were only eight of the 32 teams showed up for his workout. Mm. And then they had other people that were outside the fence and they were filming it and so on. And so I just happened to be watching it live yesterday when it was going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I mean, he threw the ball and, you know, he's, you know, the people there said the scouts that were there, the few that were there said that he threw the ball, you know, as well as anybody that has been off for three years and sometimes better than some of the current uh, uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. So was he trying to avoid it? I don't, I personally don't think so. I just think he wanted to be more transparent. You know, there was this thought about, you know, he's got a contract with Nike and people were saying, well, he only went there because Nike going to have their cameras there and he's only going to film a commercial. He's only doing it for the commercial part of it for Nike and so on. Well, he said that was that wasn't the issue. You know, there was no commercial or anything like that. That's part of it. He just wanted to be more transparent. And so since the NFL, the all powerful NFL felt that they were slighted, they said that we don't know where to go from here. So mm-hmm. they're going to take the film that he shot and and supposedly give it to the 32 teams so they can look at it and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I think he's right where he is. He's going to stay right where he is right now. Mm-hmm. You know, if he could have, if he could have leaned in a little bit and said, Hey, you know, I'll go through facilities, but you know, if you don't mind, we open it up for everybody and I film and you film and we'll, you know, we'll go through the workout. I forget the, the pre, the former quarter, uh, the former, uh, coach of the Browns, Hugh Jackson was supposed to run the workout. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of the other scout that was supposed to to do something with him to put him through the paces, basically. And so that never happened. And now you're going to have the haters still hating, and the people that are supportive of him will say that it's the NFL's fault. And then the people that don't like him because he kneeled for the uh, during the national anthem, they're always going to hate him. Yeah. That's not going to change. There's there's that's the one thing in America that I cannot stand now is that people choose a side and regardless of what's going on, that's how they're going to think for the remainder of their time. They won't look at the other, the other uh, side for anything. It's, it's almost like this is going to get off topic for just a quick second, Wayne. It's almost like looking at this damn impeachment thing. You know, one side is saying that, you know, we're bringing these people up to testify. The other side says you can't testify. You know, one side complains that this is a sham. Well, we want to bring our witnesses in. And the other side goes, well, you've got witnesses that you won't testify. So people have in America today have gotten to a spot where we're so partisan. We're so we only see things one way so that it affects 
our outlook on everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's what I see coming out of Kaepernick's workout. Can he play in the NFL? I think he can. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I watched a bit of it. And I mean, yeah, he still has skills, even after being out for three years. Uh, and I totally agree with you, regardless of what he does. There are people that are going to continue to hate on him until they leave this planet simply because he knelt during a national anthem. He will never be anything but that guy that was unpatriotic and un-American. That's how he'll be labeled by a faction of people. And that's unfortunate. And, and then again, that's that's how things are today. It's it's uh, you know, we will write you off over something that we don't agree with you with. We'll write you off forever. Uh, you have no more redeeming quality other than what we're writing you off for. That's it. That's your story. So uh, I think things could have been handled better. Both sides probably could have gave a little bit and made this what it was uh, originally intended to be, where where all 32 teams got to see him. Uh, both sides could have gave a little to make that happen, but it is what it is. And hopefully the, the tape gets uh, distributed uh, throughout the league. I don't anticipate him being in the league this year. Um, I think teams are set. They're going to go finish the season with what they've got, unless somebody incurs a major injury uh, among some of the, you know, the big time quarterbacks that are still, you know, still playing. Uh, I don't see him in the league this year. And who knows about next year? People may forget all about him come next year uh, because of, you know, OK, he did the workout. People may forget all about him next year and he's another year older, you know, so they're not they're not going to forget about him. And I tell you what, I tell you what coaches are saying, damn, I wish the owners would let me draft, let not drafting, <laughs> let me pick him up. Yeah. But they can't say that, you know, the, the, those 32 owners and the commissioner, they control the plantation. Yep. Yep. You know, so, so again, we, 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 we might drift a little bit here, but again, it comes, it comes down to that. What, 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 what are people so afraid to stand up for what they know to be right? What, 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 what is that? You, you see it in this case, you see it in the impeachment thing going on. What are people afraid of to stand up and say, you know what, this is wrong. Yes. What 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 you guys are doing to this guy, the owners, what you're doing to this guy is blatantly wrong. Okay? What's going on? Why won't you let these people testify? If you want justice served and you're saying you're so innocent in all this, then either why don't you or why are you prohibiting people that the people that you are prohibiting from testifying, why don't you let them come forth? Put the truth out there. Let the people decide what is right and wrong about it. We're not stupid. But we, we, we become a society that like, I can't say anything, man. It's going to cost me A, B, C, D, you know, and yet you let corruption and you let injustice and you let all this wrongdoing go on. And you are like the monkey that uh, what is it? Monkey don't see anything. I see no evil. I hear no evil. Type, <laughs> you know, so what, what what is wrong with us as a society? I, I don't I, it's it's perplexing to me. Yeah, we've gotten to a point where we do things that doesn't benefit or shows justice towards ourselves. If you saw someone run a red light in a car and they hit somebody, we don't, we won't say anything about it. You knowing that you saw that happen, knowing that you know that that was wrong, 
and we we keep our mouths shut. If you know that somebody is going to take away your health benefits, they've decided that they're going to do everything they can to take away your health benefits, and you vote for them simply because you are the same party than they are, and you know that you're voting against your own health, you know, you got kids or family members with with pre-existing conditions, and you say, no, I'm not voting. I'm voting for this guy because he is the same party as I am or the same ideologies that, that I have. But you know that that's wrong. It's baffling. It's yep. baffling. And, and as I've mentioned before, I've always wanted to vote for who I thought was the best candidate. You know, who's going to help the people out? Right, right. You know, who's going to help out the community? Who's going to help out the local government? Who's going to help out the state? Who's going to help out the national government? Who's going to help out the country? Those are the people that I want to to um, be in leadership. Same way with the NFL. I want NFL owners to say, yeah, he he did this. You know, that was three years ago. I, I know that you're better than that third string quarterback that played at a division two school <laughs> talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. You know, my number one quarterback got hurt. My number two quarterback, you know, got knocked out. And now I have to bring in the kid from a division uh, three school to run the offense. And yep. yet we've got somebody that's gone to the somebody that has gone and played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. He's not good enough to be on my team, but yet I got a a, a division three kid and, and, throwing and the, the ball around. Right, right. And the other perplexing thing about Kaepernick's situation is this: you know, the the owners are holding this holding this against him for him taking a knee during the anthem. But yet, you have given domestic violence people a second chance. You've given people who have done some other egregious events, you've given them a second chance. So all this guy did was take a knee to the national anthem. But you're telling me and a lot of other people that, well, this guy can't play in our league because he took a knee for social justice. But yet you've let other people who drugs, domestic violence, whatnot, they're still in the league. You've given them second chances. So. Where's the hypocrisy in that? It's it's all over. That's it's hypo, it's hypocritical yeah. that this guy is not in the league, and that you know the owners, all thirty-two of them, are in cahoots with each other to prevent this guy from playing in a league. He is more than qualified. Uh, that is again, I, I you know we we tend to drift a little bit here, but I think it's important. This guy is more than qualified. And you contrast that with the fact that people did not vote for Hillary Clinton simply because, well, you know, she did this and we think she might. The woman was more than qualified to (laughs) occupy the office of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, the president of this country. She was more than qualified. But instead, we, the people, elected a bozo to sit in the White House. And now we find the country in turmoil. The country's divided. 
We've got so much hate and discord across the country simply because it flows from the top. And so what is going on with Kaepernick flows from the top and the owners are the top of the NFL. I'm not saying Goodell is implicit and I don't think he is. But I think it's it's the owners who are at uh, controlling the scenario and they're preventing this guy from uh, from playing in the league. So I wish him well. I wish him well. I hope he does get an opportunity because, yeah, he, he can still play. It was very. He's going <laughs> to have to bend some, too. So we can't, we, we, we can't take him off the hook. Right. No, no. You know, he, 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 he's right. he's going to have to come. He's going to have to step forward, lean forward. A little bit as well. I agree. You know, you can't you can't be a a martyr without sticking your face in there and getting bloodied up. Right. right. So he's going to have to take that chance. He's going to have to he's going to have to step out on his own faith here. Right. Right. And compromise. Right. You know, right. in order to get back in the league, he's going to have to make some type of uh, adjustments to to get back into the league, you know? So yeah, he's, he's, he's not, he's not just, you know, sitting back taking and he's, he's part of the issue too. Now I don't, I don't say taking a knee is wrong. I think everything after that with him getting back into the league is things that he can do to improve his status and so right. on. I agree. I agree. And hopefully his PR people uh, understand that and they advise him that, Hey, um, you, you might have to, you might have to, you know, give a little bit to get a little, that's, that's, you know, uh, and hopefully they're, they're advising him of that. So I think he can still play. I think he can still, uh, benefit the league, be a, be an asset to some team in the league, because as you say, you, you've got a third string guy from a division two or three school out there now quarterback. And you, you're trying to tell me Colin Kaepernick is not as good as this guy, please. <laughs> you insult the intelligence of people who watch sports. And, yeah. and you know, come on, you're you come on, man, as they say, come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so we have gone a little bit past the top of the hour, but it was lively discussion. And um I, I hope things work out well uh for Mr. Kaepernick and and uh we'll see. But uh lively discussion tonight. Um uh, Good dialogue as always. And uh, next week, I think we're I think next week we're taking a pause. But our plan is to do a Thanksgiving show uh, the day after Thanksgiving. If 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 I think uh, our discussions were correct on that. Yes, sir. And we're going to try to do what we did when I came out to uh, to visit uh, Stephanie in uh, Colorado is that not only will we do our podcast uh, but we're going to try to we're going to live stream it or Facebook live it at the same time. That's the goal. Okay. And yeah. see, see what happens. And that way, you know, we'll have two recordings of it. We'll have the one that we'll put out on the our, our uh, SoundCloud and then we'll have um, a uh, thing that's going out live that will always be on on our um our Facebook pages as well. So it's going to be interesting. It's, it's, it's another step that we're taking, improve our, our, our podcast and so on. And, and I'll, I'll get to see some friends again uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, and we, we should have a, a, a good little, uh, some 
topics dealing with Thanksgiving and all of our blessings and things that go along with that tradition as well on our next our next episode. Outstanding. Outstanding. So until then, this has been Across the Tracks podcast for November the 17th. As usual, I am Wayne. And I am Steve. And until next time, peace. Take care. Assalamu alaikum.